0: Welcome to the Every Weekend Movie Podcast with me, your host, Ben Harris, and uh, this other guy, color commentator Taylor Becker. Um, This is kind of the first time we've been doing something like this. Um, We've had the website for a while, everyweekendmovie.com, and we're wanting to start something different, something new, um, where instead of typing stuff out, we'll talk about it. So this is the Every Weekend Movie Podcast. Ideally every weekend... We'll talk about a movie, um, and that is kind of the plan at this point. Good start. Um, I don't even know how this how this works or how this will go uh, how this goes, but uh, we'll just get into it. Let's get right into it. So we went and saw Black Panther separately. Separately, not together. maybe first, Was
1: you just straight off? What, what would you rate
0: it? Um, I would give it really like eight and a half panthers out of ten.
1: I'd probably go eight. Just straight up eight Panthers out of ten Panthers. <laughs> so it's 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 good. Not great. Not the best Marvel movie. I don't really like Marvel movies in general. I don't like superhero movies. But I had huge expectations going into it, which I think is just part of the whole culture of it. Like, I think a lot of people are excited for it, of what it stood for. I think some people are making it out to be a huge societal thing, which, you know, it is, of course, but maybe not quite as big as some people think it is. Um, but it's, it, was, it was just... It was cool, um, it was action-packed, maybe not action-packed, there was plenty of action. Some parts were a little down for me, a little slow, but the, the parts that are slow is because they're actually developing characters, which is kind of uncommon in Marvel movies. Um, there's so many Marvel movies where I just don't care about any character at all, I don't care if they die or live. I know they're not going to die because there's another movie going to come out with their name on it, so I don't ever feel like scared for them. But uh, Black Panther, I didn't really know anything about the universe. And so there's a few times where I thought, oh, maybe he did just die.
0: That's a huge thing for many of this film's characters. Like, they actually developed them. They seemed realistic to an extent as far as, like, super technology society goes. Yeah, Um, true. The
1: technology seemed reachable. I mean, it didn't seem... That's so hard with, like, futuristic movies. But, like, the technology seemed like, oh, yeah, maybe not curing... Getting shot by a bullet in a day. That's kind of insane, but... It was cool to see all the little technology stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what we see a lot in Marvel movies is this hyper-realistic future where it's present day, but for some reason we have all of these technological advancements that we don't have um, in reality. And I, I always find it interesting how they attempt to have these superhero movies and still base them in the real world. I think that's something that is why these movies are so successful, all of these Marvel films in this universe, is because superhero films are very hard to like base in reality, I think. There's a lot of things that don't seem like they could be realistic, but I think this extended universe what they've created in the past, you know, ten years has um has really been a good a good job at basing it in the real world and making it seem like, yeah, this could happen, I guess, if superheroes were real. Um, and that even goes for you know the just the world building in itself like you look at Spider-Man Homecoming and you have the PSAs from Captain America and mm-hmm. it like kind of a side tangent but that and film did an incredible job of um being located you know in a high school but still incorporating all these elements of these different characters that have been established and that's not something I saw much in Black Panther there really wasn't to
1: it's, really its own movie
0: yeah in which a lot of sense it's I think good. was I think was a great a great thing I think
1: like it's not like all the fan service to just throw in Iron Man or throw in Captain America. But I think with the MCU that I don't, so I don't, I don't know the whole MCU because it's like you have to really follow up on all of it. But like just like the the one of the characters in the movies was kind of like dumbfounded to like, oh my god, all this stuff is real when he goes to Wakanda. But I'm like, aren't you in the universe where Captain America is real, where Iron Man the whole like these are all. Like, why is... And you've seen aliens. Why is it... And gods. Why is any of this beyond your realm of belief that there's a society that has, like, this amazing technology? That's kind of my only thing. Like, if you already live in that universe where Thor, a god, is known as just, like, this god with a hammer, like, why is it beyond the realm of belief that these Africans have this crazy technology and all that stuff? I don't really... The whole, like, how they hid their city, I think that's kind of weird. It just seemed like they just took the forest and you can just fly right through it. What stops other people? Like, I don't know. I thought that that was just like, I guess someone wants to go to Africa and find out. But, um, and then like the whole, the message of the movie is like that if you have the means, I think you should help others. That kind of goes with the whole Marvel thing. Like sometimes I think in the Avengers, they don't want to help or they don't think they have to help, but they do. And then if you have the meat, like the whole point of the movie is that Wakanda has all these resources to help other Africans around the world. And they don't, and so that's what causes the struggle. Um, but I thought Michael B. Jordan did a great job because he does a great job in every movie he does. Um, I know this is the second movie he's made with this director. I can't remember the director's name, but I know he made Creed, and that was Michael B. Jordan too. So, I mean, obviously they're pretty good together. But there's like two villains in the movie. Another thing with Marvel movies is like sometimes it feels like there's so many villains and there's just so many. I mean, there has to be. There's so many characters and there's so many different storylines. But this one just kind of had kind of two villains. The first one kind of dies pretty easily off. But I don't know how much we should spoil the movie, but
0: (laughs) there you go. I would assume that in this case we're going to spoil the hell out of it because people have seen it. I hope you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. But,
1: uh, yeah, I just think that Michael Bajoran did a great job of being like a super relatable villain. You kind of like you feel for... You feel his struggle and you get to kind of see his struggle enough it's like you can only do so much in a movie and to be able to go back in the past and see just why he feels so strongly and why he became such a warrior um and why he came for the for the throne and all that stuff i think he was a pretty relatable and then the way he died was
0: pretty like honorable and all that stuff so yeah i think one of the bigger things i took away from this film was the fact that these characters seem to be realistic and kind of the lack of backstory. I find that a lot of superhero films they have to give you some sort of origin. I mean, you look at the Spider-Man movies and this newest one was probably the first one that we've seen that we don't get the traditional Spider-Man origin story. Um, So that's kind of what I liked about Black Panther is you're just thrown into this universe and you're kind of not necessarily given a lot as to what's going on until uh you see it and i find that you know origin stories are so kind of run-of-the-mill and boring because we've heard them so many times before yeah black
1: panther i feel like you kind of you experience it with him. like i didn't know anything about black panther but i learned that you do the ritual fight it looks like when the past king dies and then these other tribes can challenge you no one challenges you you're the winner you're the king and then you go you get the Black Panther juice or whatever, and you lay in the sand. They bury you. You go to the little ancestral place. You go talk to Mufasa,
0: and then you are good. And you go kill Scar, I guess. And you go kill Scar. There were a few um, moments in this movie that I was like, "This, this is pretty much the Lion King." There's here. a lot of Lion King
1: in this movie. Uncle. <laughs> it's, it's just like the whole Hamlet thing, like the uncle is killed and the son, and um. But yeah, Scar was into this movie, unfortunately. No, but.
0: sadly not. I think that's something you kind of in a in a movie where there's a traditional sense of like a kingdom and a king and princes and that sort of thing. I think it's very difficult to stray away from that very traditional style of like I don't know medieval storytelling. And I think they did a good job of. There's only so many stories to tell. Yeah, I think every they, story ever has been told. You they did a good to, job of kind of creating these characters and like having this sort of story by this king who's trying to save his kingdom, but also having sort of these different characters coming in that are from the outside world like Martin Freeman playing the CIA agent Michael B. Jordan um, these very kind of modern uh, American like characters that come in and um, kind of relate to us yeah what do I I had one problem with the movie kind of it's just like the
1: kind of the climax of getting towards the what is this stuff called Frani- fr- something vibranium? vibranium there you Come go on, man. sorry Um, like the weapons when they were like shipping them off like I didn't feel any tension I'm like there's no way this stuff is leaving that CIA is gonna the token white CIA character is gonna shoot it down and sacrifice himself
0: yeah and this is something we were part. talking about yesterday a little bit just the fact that every Marvel movie kind of has this CIA government type character. Guy on the inside that
1: that's against the cause. And at the end, he'll fight for the cause and die. As soon as they left him in that place, I was like, oh, yep, he's going to die. It's going to be something stupid. And it's just so random. Like, all of a sudden, there's just like this ship outside where he is shooting at him. And I'm like, oh, OK. So he's about to die. And... That's, you know, whatever. Cool. He just, he kind of just blows up. And I'm like, oh, there he goes. Well, good job, man. Good job, former Air Force pilot. I'm so glad your training came into use for this. So I thought that was just kind of a little bit of plot armor right there to uh, have him just
0: die. I just didn't care about him. I was no, like, not oh, at all. He's going to die. I think that's something we've seen in a lot of different Marvel movies. Just this, these forgettable characters that you know, aren't going to last through the entire movie. And, um, like, you know, the character of black Panther is going to last because he was part of the previous extended universe and in the future. And then pretty much any character that you see in black Panther, you're like, they're probably going to die or not be part of the story later on. because Wait, he's Warren's in the trailer.
1: Her. Isn't he in the trailer for the next Avengers? Like, yeah, obviously he's not going to die. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to make, I don't know, I mean if you, I don't, you could look at the cast for, The next Avengers movie, if you don't see Michael P. Jordan, you're like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be this guy. It's going to be – I can't think of his name, but he's probably going to be Black Panther. And if he's Black Panther in the next movie, I'm assuming he's still alive. But yeah, I
0: think that just leads to the fact that Marvel isn't about tense tension and drama. It's more just about, wow, look at these big, cool things blowing up and these funny lines from Dwayne the Rock. Johnson, he's not in any Marvel movie I don't thing. I meant to say, not yet. Um, Tony Stark, Iron Man character, Tony, whatever his name. Robert is. Downey <laughs> Jr. It's the same like three syllable sort of sort of name. I got Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne that's Dwayne Rock- not his real name. <laughs> 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 that's not his real name. Dwayne the Rock Johnson as <laughs> and he as the Hulk, the thing, the Hulk. Man, um, what a twist
1: that would have been if it was just he didn't he just paint him green. I saw so much stuff on Twitter about like people saying like, Oh, you didn't like the Marvel or you didn't like black Panthers because they weren't blowing up cities. And they were, it was like actually story. I'm like, Well, I don't think that's maybe not, not why people don't like it. Maybe it's more like, like in Spider-Man, they didn't have a whole bunch of blown up cities. I mean, they kind of like tore apart the, the uh, charter boat or whatever, but he pulled it back together and all that stuff. But like when they're driving around in Korea, there's plenty of carnage of the city and, Presumably in these movies, I never, there's presumably hundreds of civilian deaths when these cars are just blowing up in the middle of a freeway or sliding off, off the road and destroying this little cart or whatever, like people must be dying, I'm assuming. And then whatever little henchmen are in those car is just blowing up. And then they, I don't know why every single group and mob of bad guys has to drive blacked out sedans and suvs like that is like the oldest movie trope of all tropes is to just have all the black guys driving a straight line in these blacked out murdered out cars like that's not very inconspicuous if you're driving downtown (laughs) and there's five blacked out cadillacs like oh yeah those are the bad guys i could tell and then whatever sponsored car for that movie a kia or something that's going to be the good guy's car that keeps up and blows up and stuff i thought that they did a good job of having the whole badass women stuff um the general and then his love interests they're both pretty badass i didn't really get the love interest struggle throughout the movie she's like a spy so she's not loyal to the crown or loyal to the government yeah, or whatever I that was kind of uh, maybe that has something to do with the other part of like the actual like, comics or something Cause that's like the whole thing sometimes there's stuff in the comics that. If you've never read them, you just won't get from the movie. So maybe that's something from the comics or maybe it was just terrible writing because I did not get
0: her internal conflict at all. Yeah, not at all. I I think that's the thing for me with Marvel movies. I remember when I went and saw the first Avengers and was probably the first time that I was just completely turned off to superhero movies was like I waited till like the end credits. And, you know, Marvel movies always have their silly like goofy little halfway through the credits you're like oh that was fun and then at the end they have some sort of like easter egg that leads to some other thing it's like fan service like a big fan service and uh it was i don't even remember what it was but i was like i don't understand that and i don't care to understand that because you know i'm not i'm not a marvel movie boy it was like the end of garden galaxy 2 and garden
1: galaxy 1 it was like like a three minute or two minute scene or something and i watched it i was like i don't know what that is i don't know
0: going on and everyone else is like oh my god
1: it's a teaser
0: to something and i'm like oh okay that's cool i guess this movie i i watched the the end credits and then i left i left as i saw the little thing starting because like i don't care i watched about uh
1: maybe half a minute of it and i was like okay i've had enough i get it i'm sure there's gonna be just another scene and then i was i wonder what movie started that I know it's not a Marvel movie. I know it's not a superhero movie that started it. It was something dumb, like Shrek 2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think there, was, there used to be back in the day, maybe a couple. I miss opening credits more than I would ever enjoy a post credit scene. Like when Seth MacFarlane did A Million Ways to Die in the West, he kind of brought that back for his movie. And mm-hmm. I love it. And like Quentin Tarantino and all of his stuff. Always has long- it. It doesn't have to be like eight season. minutes. It could just be a couple minutes, but I think it's, it's, but it is a little, I mean, I think they're kind of pompous in a way. Cause it's like, you have like a minute 30 of corporate and producers or whatever, all the mm-hmm. lines gate or 20, whatever, all those logos and stuff like that. And then you have like a five minute credit, to all the actors and directors and posters. And at the end of the movie, they're still going to get another one. Yeah, that's very true. Like how many times do you need to see their names? So I guess I'm kind of trumping my own point. But I still – I am I prefer opening credit scenes. If they're going to do that rather than uh, – I think they should just do what Pixar – I mean Pixar does. They have the short films before the movie and then you have the movie. The Like just do whatever little trailer you want. If it has nothing to do with the movie you're going to see, do it before. Everyone sees it. You don't have to worry about it. Because I don't think it's a special perk. Because I'm sure it's just gonna be on YouTube the next day. Yeah, pretty much. To just show it before, I guess. I don't know. I guess we don't really need to give advice to Marvel or Disney about how to make their movies. No, we're
0: we're we're uh, movie critics now.
1: Well, it's just to me, they're Basically. gonna make a billion dollars on anything they poop out. Pretty much.
0: That's that's very true. A
1: lot of people are saying that Black, this Black Panther is gonna have one of the biggest openings ever. And I wouldn't be surprised. Just like, how culturally like how much traction it pulled, picked up and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are going to see this movie. And there's gonna be a lot of people that don't watch movies that go and see this movie simply for the fact that it was such a unique cast and such a unique process of making this movie, especially for Disney, especially for Marvel mm-hmm. when there's just these, so many of these poster boy white guys named Chris and all these movies and stuff like this. And it's just, it's a huge like economy of that. And it's like, I think it's going to put a lot of butts in seats yeah. Fine, get your butts so. ready. You know, it's funny about the Pixar openings that they did not... So I want to saw Coco because they had the Frozen ever... I don't know what they called it. Something Frozen. It was like Olaf's Adventure. But people hated it and they killed it. It's because it was long. I didn't see it. I, it was like I 20 was minutes like 20 or something. Minutes long, yeah. And I, I don't want to watch that before I watch a movie. And so that was kind of weird because I mean, I can think every Pixar movie I've ever seen has... That's like one of the best parts of going and seeing a Pixar movie in the theater. You get to see Piper... Or you get to see um, Day In, Day Out, Or you get to see, I mean, there's just like the blue um, umbrella. Like, they're just so good. And that's like how they started was these like little short films, Mm -hmm. like Tin Toy and Luxo Jr. and all that stuff. And then I think the Pixar, I mean, the Frozen one was such a fan service because, I mean, it's so hard for people like, oh, why do they keep making Frozen stuff? Because it makes so much money. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't they keep making it? Yeah. As much as like teenagers and anybody older than that hates it. I mean, kids love it.
0: Yeah, I think Disney is just going to make a ton of money off of this movie, like they do every movie that they, every movie that they come out with. Um, and I think that they Disney, as far as movie production goes, really just kind of panders well to. They make a really good, safe, fun, family-friendly movie that everyone's going to go see and go, ah, well, that was good, I guess. But you already saw make, it, yeah. <laughs> but they're going to make millions of dollars off of it. Yeah. they make
1: these like, no theatrical what. movies that you just you have to see in theaters. That's what a lot of people are going to tell you about this. And I mean, Black Panther is the same way you need to see this in a theater. Like it mm-hmm. is so beautiful. The music, we even talk about the score. The score is amazing. Probably one of the best scores you're going to see in a movie. Just you. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Like it has, like, even if you don't like the artists and if you don't really keep up with any sort of like mainstream music and stuff like that, it doesn't matter. I don't think it, it doesn't take away from the movie. It adds so much to it just like the cool factor like it is just such a cool movie and like um each character you can kind of like feel like the swag that they just like have they carry with them like when they're first walking into the casino and they're walking down the stairs and he's got like the suit on mm-hmm. and stuff like that he's got her on her he got her uh, on his arm and stuff like that and he's like damn like, damn this is badass and the weekend's playing and you are know, like oh, this is a cool scene which is it's a way better casino scene than a casino island or whatever in star wars
0: just yeah, I, I think what was very interesting about this movie was how the music took such a central role in the film. Because a lot of Marvel movies, you don't—the music isn't something to talk about. Oftentimes, it's in the background, um, wow, wow. and it's just a lot of loud noise, loud kind of groaning can... sounds. And this is the first Mar- I guess. Guardians of the Galaxy is an exception because I mean, it it has specific, you know music from a certain time period that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is kind of the first Marvel movie where it wasn't necessarily just like the different tracks from these hit artists that were played. Like while that was cool, like, you know, Kendrick and The Weeknd and like music that was actually made for this film, I thought was really cool. But this is probably the first Marvel movie where I, you know, wanted to listen to the score itself because it was just... The soundtrack is huge. They had the whole album for it, that it released and stuff like that. I mean, I guess
1: we. Guardians Galaxy. They also do a very good job of this, but I mean, those are songs that of. I mean, there's a lot of songs made for this movie, made Mm -hmm. for this album. That's wasn't. That's not what happened in Guardians Galaxy. Guardians Galaxy took classic songs that everybody knows and loves, and used them wonderfully. And I mean, that's another big part of the movie. Obviously, when they're doing like opening scenes and stuff like that, and they're dancing along to it. But that's like. That's different because in that in that world in that universe, it's usually he's playing the music and stuff like that. This is a score different than music being played, like within the story itself. Right. And so that's kind of I think that's kind of a little bit of a difference. But I agree. I mean, it was so it was. Anytime anything badass was happening, they're like rolling out. You got Kendrick playing. You just kind of like get hyped and stuff like that. You just like feel it. Um, that it was it was powerful yeah. and it was just it's such a cool movie. That's like my number one way to describe this movie. It's cool. I felt cooler just for watching it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think as far as the music goes, I thought it was really interesting some of the choices I made. Like the casino scene when they walk in, the the song from the weekend isn't like it, it's, it's it's part of it's playing in the casino. Yeah. And then it becomes a centerpiece later on. And there are different moments where like people are getting out of cars and like, you know, different songs from Kendrick. You just get like little glimpses of these tracks. So they're just made just for that world building and for that, you know, creation, like these songs were made specifically for this film and nothing else. And I think that really added to the world. And, um, I I thought it was just very interesting, just the amount of effort that went into this film. And I'm not saying that no effort goes into any other Marvel film, but I think, I think it's definitely considered effort in
1: this movie further than most than like an Iron Man two or an Iron Man three, like, mm -hmm. This was it's its own movie. I think it really it could stand alone. If it wasn't part of the Marvel movie, Marvel Universe, if it didn't have the the hype and the fanboys that come around just from being another Marvel movie, I think it would still do great in the box office. It does. We kind of talked about this yesterday. Just, and it's kind of like just going from Jumanji and then seeing this seeing this movie. Just kind of like the cultural references, but the hyper. Uh, I don't know how to put this. Like the these are cultural references for like within the last year, like older, like I think back in the eighties and the nineties, when you have a culture reference, it's something that, and this is kind of a trend with just how social media works, like a dance craze back in the seventies would last years. Like you do the jive for however long they did the drive, a dance craze nowadays lasts a week or a month, maybe, you know? And then even when you see it on as soon as like TV catches up and like sports and you're watching a game and someone's, on TV trying to hit the whip and the na and you're like, that was over three months ago, <laughs> which is, like, such a weird thing, but that's just how, it like, things are so quick to be out of touch. And I think Jumanji did it wrong, and I think Black Panther did it a little more right. It's, I still think it's such a hard thing to put in your movie. It's just... These movies are really made to be... You watch it right now. You go see it in the theater. I don't think there's ever... They don't really need a whole bunch of watch rewatchability because I think they make enough money from just blowing, it out of, blowing the records out of, that, out of the box, out of anything. I mean, people, so many people go see it in the theater, but they don't, I don't think they're really counting on people like 20 years from now, like, oh, I need to get my 20-year anniversary copy of Black Panther. Yeah, and that's really with any movie nowadays. I think that's so different. That's like one of the biggest changes in movie industry in the last 10 years. They don't care about rewatchability because I think they, they see where streaming's going to go and so, I think they obviously know that people aren't just... People don't really buy DVDs anymore. And that's just going to be less and less and less. Like, so you can just instantly stream it. So, why not create things for the now? Like, people binge watch and stuff like that. So, I think... But this movie did it a lot, right? The SoundCloud stuff, that was the only one that kind of took me away. I don't want to watch two 45-year-olds talk about... Two 45-year-old white guys. Or I don't know what the other guy is. He's like Australian or something. He had a weird accent. But uh, talk about... There's SoundCloud mixes and all that stuff. Like, that's kind of... Why does the CIA agent know what a SoundCloud is? I don't know. And then the one of those... That was pretty funny because that was very much of her character. Like, this teenage girl. She is funny. Like, her outfits, you know, they're kind of like... They're super modernized. Not even, like, that futuristic. But, like, you could see what she was wearing nowadays. Um, and then the movie was... There's another part we talked about in the movie was uh, the humor. Because, I mean, every Marvel movie needs... Humor to break the ice. I think there's a rule in Marvel movies you can't have more than a minute straight of seriousness or dim or does, like anything sad. You can't have just it. Just people can't be sad or down for more than a minute when watching a Marvel movie. And I get where they do it. I mean, you want to have a good time when you go to the movie and stuff like that. And they're obviously going for a good time, so uh, they break it apart with comedy and stuff like that. And it and I don't think it it felt too forced in this movie which is good sometimes it could feel a little forced yeah like we talked about Star Wars sometimes some of the jokes are like yeah that was funny but like I would have enjoyed the scene had it not been funny mm-hmm. and that's like but I think this movie did well the couple I mean there's just some funny parts and stuff like that like uh, when the girls they're like they have bald heads and they like wear these weaves and all that stuff and like what are we supposed to do with all his hair and like when they start fighting they flick it off like oh yeah he's a badass and stuff and and something the action scenes were actually done really well. I thought um, I didn't get lost in them like I do in a lot of Marvel. Like sometimes I when I'm watching a Marvel movie and the action starts, I kind of have like take a step back and just kind of just stare at the screen because I'm like I don't know who anyone is, and I think this kind of did that sometimes with the tribal fights. Mm-hmm. Um, when like the rhinos start coming in, I was like, okay, rhinos are here. Okay, I don't know who's on whose side. I don't know who's winning. Both teams look like. They're not doing any real damage to each other
0: i mean some of these people in this movie could take a punch like yeah some of them got stabbed and they're just like ah they're fine ah, i'm angry about it yeah i think i think that was one thing too is i think fight scenes don't don't scale well i think you can only get to a point to where you stop caring and that one specific fight scene where it was all the different tribes fighting each other i kind of just lost interest and oh yep they're fighting and i was looking forward to those that cross cutting from the big fight scene to the, the two guys, Michael B. Jordan and uh, the guy playing black Panther, like in the, like on the train track. Yeah. fighting, Like I thought that was like really well done. Um, even the one-on-one ritual fights and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Those were good fights. And, but I think fighting is only so interesting for so long. And then they try to, you know, they try to bring out, Oh, they're bringing out the rhinos, but even still are like, you know, these people are joining the fight. That's cool, but I think I think to a certain point, it's like, eh, like I, you know, lose interest because there's just so much going on. So much carnage. Yeah. Like, I think it's because, like, in that case, it, it didn't seem like it meant anything to the character. Like, yeah, they were fighting and they were yelling, but you didn't see any side of, like, these people feeling lost or you know, hesitating to fight these, their, their fellow tribe members. It was just kind of like,
1: yeah, the one was the, the love interest to when, uh, the guy from get out has to fight his, his love interest and stuff like that. And you just kind of like see him put a sword down and stuff like that. Cause she's like, yeah, I'll kill you for Wakanda. And you're like, Oh my God for Wakanda. She yeah. had a funny line when, uh, he the cia guy goes does she not speak english and she's like or whatever when she wants to or something like that response i thought that was pretty funny a little chuckle i saw it in a full and a packed theater on a friday night
0: mm-hmm.
1: on opening night and there's a lot of laughs i mean there's probably five moments where like the whole theater had like a good ha ha hey oh i can relate the, there's a lot of accents in this movie and I, I didn't really take away from it I thought, I mean it does such a good job of, of uh, authenticating it um, I'm sure like some of those guys had to work a long time on perfecting it I mean I don't know perfecting but I mean they had very convincing African accents um, or Wakandan accents I think African accents is probably pretty broad I'm sure there's <laughs> a million African accents so Wakanda accents, yeah. Yeah, Wakanda dialect and stuff like that um, obviously Wakanda doesn't exist but I think that if they did exist, that's what the accents would sound like. I sound that sounded pretty authentic. Um, and I love Michael B. Jordan, like that's just a statement right there, I love Michael B. Jordan. But I loved him in this movie when he is in Wakanda and he's like the king and all stuff, when he's like, burn that shit, all that's Because like, like all these, they're so like respectful and all that. they have like this like this wonderful way of speaking and then he just comes in like total American, just like, Hell nah, burn this shit. I say do something, do it. And he's got a grill in still and he's just a badass his character's badass and uh like I was kind of rooting for him a lot like yeah. I was like oh yeah when he was kicking kicking the Black Panther's ass I was like yeah cool. he would he would kick his ass I totally understand he's huge
0: yeah I found that the contrast between his character and the main character were really interesting because um it's the main character just was very cordial proper you know I'm the king and then you know This guy comes in and just wrecks shit and is just angry. And, you know, I thought it was very interesting to introduce that American presence into this very kind of this, you know, improper, kind of rude American person into this very, very formal world that's been built so
1: Yeah, it's respectful world and then this just American comes in yelling at people and I like the museum scene when they first steal that uh, pickaxe thing yeah because um, he was all he already knows all the stuff but he's having this like British care whatever they called uh, what is this, someone that works in museum called not a carrier uh, whatever someone who works in a museum, this British lady comes up and is out telling him about it. And he's like, no, you're wrong. It's from Wakanda and all that stuff. And then he like poisons her and kills her probably. And then, uh, <laughs> the bad guy tells that guy like, you know what? I'll let you live. Go ahead and run. Don't tell anybody.
0: He shoots in the back of the head. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But that scene, you immediately knew like, oh, this guy's going to kill. This guy's in a museum. He's going, <laughs> <laughs> what film have you ever seen that has, a guy in a museum be the focus of the character that doesn't involve him taking Heicing. something from that museum. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the only
1: reason you can go to museums, I think, is just to steal the artifacts.
0: Yeah, because museums aren't interesting in any other way. Like, you wouldn't see, unless they are scouting out the museum to rob later on, there really isn't, like, any reason to be in a museum other than to steal some cool artifact in the you know, film. You know
1: what the best heist movie ever is? National Treasure. Oh my God. <laughs> National Treasure um, was, was really what we wanted to talk about today to be honest um,
0: that's our, our ideal goal every week is to get on the topic of National somehow Treasure somehow bring because it it's such a great movie I saw last night when you were scrolling through Netflix you hesitated on National Treasure
1: three times I almost clicked on you, it you, and I, was I going saw you linger, and I was like we don't need to watch well, it right it was now, such but. an investment yeah like I need to actually I'll sit down and watch that movie like I, I can't just turn it on and just kind of go about my day I have to watch Nicolas Cage in action
0: Running through a graveyard for some reason. Running through anything. Shooting at some guys. Stealing the Declaration of Independence. They
1: showed the Tom Cruise trailer for the new Mission Impossible. And uh, have you seen when he does that stunt and he breaks his ankle? It was nasty. They, they show a stunt, the stunt. I think they like, CGI, so obviously you don't see him shatter his ankle.
0: Um, but yeah, it's rough. I think that's just a PR move on Tom Cruise's part is like, when he's filming a movie, he makes sure that he gets in some, like... He does all his own stunts, but... He, like, he makes sure that he gets in some accident, because he's like, I do my own stunts, and then they release a video of it, and like, yeah, Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts, and got hurt somehow, even though he does his own stunts all the time I'll give this Grant, new that, movie.
1: That stunt was crazy. Jump jumped, like, 20 feet, building the building. Yeah. Just shattered, just destroyed his foot, or his leg, or something like that. And then he was on the Graham show. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's like a British... Yeah Uh, Show And he Watches it And it's so gross Ugh Tom Cruise Have you ever watched Any Mission Impossible movies I've seen just The last one that came out I saw it in theaters They're all kind Uh, of The same thing Yeah so I didn't feel like I was missing out on much I felt very like Okay this is some Awesome Spy Something Who's really Yeah He does The Impossible Missions and uh there's like six of them six impossible missions he's got like uh there's, there's so many of these like spy like Kim Possible even has like this this uh ethnic computer guy who like stays back and always has their back I think that's weird there's a lot of movies I feel like they have that yeah like cool uh trip. even Baywatch which is of has kind of has that a couple characters that are just like
0: that um you stay back he's over like on a computer yeah, with just like a on bluetooth the, headset with like headset a really outdated on. bluetooth headset
1: yeah and it's just like why does it always – I feel like it's always just the same character doing the same thing. That's kind of how any movie trope is though.
0: Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening to Every Week in a Movie, uh, the podcast. You can check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out on our website, everyweekinamovie.com. We'll have some fun stuff coming down the pipeline eventually. Um, all your reviews, podcasts, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, any last words? Uh, Thanks for
1: listening. If you made it this far, um, that's all that really matters. Uh, This was fun. This is the first test. We'll wrinkle out a lot of the wrinkles. We'll put some more wrinkles in, hopefully. Um, But yeah, that's all for us.